0: Welcome to the Article Reading Club podcast, a place to discuss and read about the most relevant and interesting topics nowadays. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of this wonderful podcast, The Article Reading Club. This time we have a wonderful guest, Chris, and I'm super excited to have you here after our conversation yesterday. It was like, I, I, I want to have more, more discussion about all these topics. So let me introduce Chris, Chris is uh, with us right now and tell us, Chris, how are you doing?
1: Hello, hello. Um, thank you so much, Irene, for this um, awesome invitation to come on your podcast first and foremost. Um, and yeah, we had a really interesting conversation yesterday, and I just left the conversation with like a lot of energy and like, m- I wanted to talk to you more. and so I'm glad that we have the space. Um, I'm Chris. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. My family is originally from Peru. They immigrated to Los Angeles. Um, and then I immigrated to Spain. Um, this is where I currently live. I've been living in Spain for the past five years now. I started as a language ex- assistant um, through like a student uh, scholarship type program. And then I transitioned into teaching online fully. And then from there, I transitioned into helping other teachers uh, with their entrepreneur uh, goals, businesses, etc., so yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: <laughs> that that yeah. sounds very exciting, especially because of the topic that we are going to be discussing yes. today. That's why I chose it, uh, more or less uh, related to what you have been doing in these past years. Um, so guys, the article that we are going to be discussing today is how to learn a language and stick at it. It mm-hmm. was uh, written by John Gallupner or Gallagher I don't know how uh, to pronounce
1: it. Gallagher I don't know yeah
0: yeah this guy this guy <laughs> wrote, the, wrote the the article um so the first thing that I want to ask you is when you saw this uh, article what was the first uh, what were your first thoughts uh, about the article the title and also the cover that you have there
1: yeah well my the first thing that really uh I found really attractive, if you want, to, if you will, was the parentheses stick at it, because usually you say like stick with it or stick to it. So it was really interesting to see like the preposition at being used stick at it. It was a little weird to be honest with you, but weird in a in a good sense. Like okay, I'm curious, what is he trying to get at with stick at it? um I don't know for me at least personally it was it, it was something that I don't really hear I usually hear like yeah stick with it or stick um you know so that was first that was what drew drew my attention right away um and then about the cover image I really liked this like homage or this connection to pop culture because then in the article he talks about how well about like modern times today and the access to many tools that we have so it was really interesting that you know he's bringing up this idea firsthand, firsthand in the beginning of the article this image of pop culture because like for me learning language uh spanish is my second language for me like i guess i i agreed with like the article right away because I, when I delve into language, I really love to learn about the culture behind the language. I think that helps me with my language learning a lot. So that's a little bit about what I thought, Irene. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Very nice. Very interesting. I, um, now that you are saying this with the cover or about the cover, I also saw this. Uh, This was like my first thought, um, but I saw it more like a bunch of opportunities, uh by yes. learning a second language right as you see uh, there is a bridge mm-hmm. and um th- there are some guys who are uh, swimming on the cover so yeah. um the the fact that you know how to speak a second language gives you this possibility to go beyond uh, to know how to swim you know like to expand exactly. uh, a little bit your horizons i would say yeah.
1: I agree. Oh. You're you're like a bridge in, in a lot of sense because you can connect to cultures, to worlds, um, and more if you speak more languages, of course. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Exactly. And it help others, right? Definitely. Exactly. as a bridge. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um well the article starts very in, in a very interesting way. Um the first thing that caught my attention when I started reading this is how come like how you start like uh, learning Dutch by reading this text and it was so complex I felt <gasps> very identified when I was starting uh, learning German which by the way I just uh, quit
1: <laughs> because it, 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 was, it
0: was very hard for me <laughs> but I felt very okay. identified and then he starts uh, let's start talking about how he moves in the article with these yeah. uh, suggestions that he gives there,
1: yeah. I um before that I do want to highlight that I also resonate with the journey because when I started learning um Italian, which I've now like kind of forgotten, but and like when I was beginning right away, I I would love to like jump into music, and I think that kind of feels. I had that same feeling about like okay, I'm gonna jump into this 16th century book. I'm going to jump into music and I don't understand what I'm hearing. I like it. I can maybe try to decipher things. But yeah, I, I resonated with that too, Irene. Um, so yeah, anyways, so uh, what, uh, so like now we can talk about like what to do, right? I think the thing that really hit home to me and, and as a teacher is the fact that you kind of need to forget about being fluent like the next day when you start your language learning process. I think I agree with part of it, part of his argument, which is, you know, trying the importance of setting specific targeted goals for language learning. Um, I thought that was I thought that was really like helpful practical advice because when we think about learning language and maybe I can speak about my personal experience with Italian, I was like, okay, lesson one, let's go. I was with a teacher in person in a classroom and I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn the whole language today, like me being unrealistic. And I think that's a lot of what our students go through or the parents of our students, if we have younger students that we're teaching they're like, yes, they're gonna learn language today, but it's it's about taking a step back and setting these goals, um, and and I, and I and I resonate with that because I like to do that in my teaching too with my students. I'm like, okay, we're gonna start with the letter sound a and how to say your name and how to introduce yourself in English, and you know, we're done. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. yeah.
0: I also want to highlight that uh, the fact that it's very interesting how my students for example for 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 uh, in my business I have had a lot of students who arrive or come uh, to me saying like teacher I want to be fluent this is the first thing that I want to do yes. I want to have a fluent conversation I want to sp- I want to know how to speak with uh, American people et cetera, et cetera. and Um, it it caught my attention as well how he gives. I mean, like puts apart the fact of Mm -hmm. being fluent. You know, like give up on fluency, and and also I learned in the university that fluency is not just speaking.
1: Exactly, Uh, fluency
0: (laughs) goes like uh, entitles a lot of things, like uh, fluency when reading, fluency when listening, fluency when. Speaking, of course, et cetera, right? like it 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 goes with all the the skills together mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, an umbrella term because I think part of language, too, is being fluent um in the culture of where you are speaking that language. Um, I want to take my example of Spanish. Like I learned um Latin American Spanish. that was, you know, more uh, Mexican based because I'm from south california so um my teacher was from mexico but then when i moved to spain that spanish language learning you know kind of went out the window because in southern spain there's a whole different lexicon there's a whole different sense of fluency for spanish so yes i agree irene
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely what do you think about uh, for example setting goals what do you think is the most the 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 big challenge I would say when everybody as a as a second language learner is having to set goals like why is it not why are why they are not achievable or sometimes not realistic what's the problem what should we do to set better goals Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. good question I like it um I think to set better goals, we have to think about um, maybe one big goal and think about what I like to call workable chunks. So thinking about uh, the goal and breaking it down into even smaller goals. So, okay, well, this is, you know, this is exaggerated, but I want to be fluid. Okay, well, how do we, you know, let's, that's one big goal. Let's break it down into smaller goals. Well, maybe I can, in the next month, I can, um, try to understand a hundred vocabulary words in that language or in three months I want to be able to speak at an A1 level for example and have some sort of conversation or have some sort of language frame understanding so I think setting one big goal and then breaking that down into smaller to-do lists if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes and definitely Know what you want and know what you don't want. Exactly. Right. Because Absolutely. he also mentioned Absolutely. some examples. Uh, sometimes there are some uh, academics who con uh, that continue. Sorry, uh, using books. You know, like so. If mm-hmm. books are not for you, if this is not the way you learn, you should know yeah. this right now, right? Like you should say, okay, I don't want. To, I don't want to learn by books. I want to learn by speaking by I don't know interacting exactly. with others by listening by watching movies so I think that uh, the fact that he also mentions what to do I mean like in order for you to set goals you need to know what to do and and what you don't want and what you want as well
1: absolutely absolutely nice Um. Mm-hmm. Could I ask a devil's advocate question, perhaps? Sure, sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, kind of on the same topic, I was thinking about, you know, the, stepping into the student's shoe, if you will, because I myself also have been a student of language learning. And I don't know if, I'm trying to compare the best approach. Is the best approach, like, targeted specific goals that we were discussing or is more exploratory approach better for some individuals? What do you think, Irene?
0: Can you explain us a little bit more about exploratory approaches before?
1: Yes, excellent. Yes, absolutely. So exploratory would mean um, like diving into like a 16th century book or diving into like Spotify and finding like artists that's what I did. I just jumped in and found like top Italian artists um, or going on YouTube and watching videos in that second language. So just doing it like kind of exploring and seeing what's out there and trying to, I guess, understand the language and the back and the culture behind the language. It's, that's what I kind of was trying to make out with exploratory work. Or does it go hand in hand? I'm not sure. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Well, this is a very good question because n- while you were thinking about it, I was thinking about my answer. And I- I'm thinking about uh, personalities first, right?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um.
0: So there are some ex- some students that myself, I'm, I consider myself very adventurous. I uh-huh. am very extrovert. So for me, it works better to be this explorer i mean like to have Mm. this exploratory approach
1: where i can go (laughs) to
0: netflix and i can look for some movies and then based on those movies i i don't know will write the grammar that i found i will find Mm. i will find some words and i will look for the synonyms so i will do this by i mean i personally i prefer to do this but then i have I have had other students who are more structured, they are more introvert, okay. they're, um, they're learning. I mean, like, it's more difficult for them to embrace their learning process by mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they need a guide. So, right,
1: they need someone to hold their hand.
0: huh. exactly. So, the there one. is where I am thinking that probably they are more like objectives, uh, setting objectives, right?
1: is better yeah absolutely
0: and then we have other students who have this combination right uh, both approaches work perfectly. right that's a little bit <laughs> yeah so I don't know if you um, were looking for that answer
1: yeah yeah that was a great answer and it kind of leads me to my other question I want to talk about the um. he called it uh, he was talking about a language learning method he called it Uh, the importance of comprehensible input to learners and I want to talk about that because yesterday in our live we talked you shared a little bit about methodologies so I wanted to I guess well I wanted to just discuss what you think about comprehensible input in this article (laughs) yeah Um, I could summarize it if you want for the for the listeners absolutely so i'm gonna just kind of i kind of highlighted this on my on the article when i was reading so um put simply comprehensible input is about consistently exposing yourself to the language that's just above your current level close enough to what you already know that your brain can work to fill in the gaps and raise your language level yeah (laughs) is this a good technique i guess would be my first simple question Is this an effective method? Yeah,
0: absolutely. However, we have to be careful with the level. I have Mm. noticed that when my (laughs) students are looking for, sometimes they say, like, teacher, yesterday I was watching this movie and, uh, you know, like, I don't understand anything and uh, I'm super bad (sighs) at English. This is not my language. I will change it. So they are so frustrated because probably they chose a movie that was beyond their Uh. (laughs)
1: level.
0: Exactly. So, I totally agree with that uh, inputs, and that's what I normally do with my methodology, right? like how I teach I, awesome. I i use a lot of um authentic materials
1: <laughs> the most
0: <laughs> I would say that the most of uh, I mean most of the materials that I use are authentic. Um, okay. so I don't know if I can say this is comprehensible input uh but we have to be very careful with uh the level we are choosing and uh, definitely it is important to guide the students to choose and look for this inputs by themselves Mm -hmm. you know like uh, for Mm -hmm, example mm -hmm. i don't know like i recommend you this channels on youtube you can look for channels similar to this ones right so they can go and and not look for levels that are not their levels
1: right or like find something that's interesting but then it's like too much and they get overwhelmed and they shut down and exactly. that's what we want to avoid
0: yeah they get frustrated and then unmotivated and then just they quit uh, learning this language
1: So Irene, um, then the author goes into technology and that's something I was really wanting to talk about because we we both use technology in our businesses. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I guess like for me, um, you know, he mentions a lot of applications and teaching platforms, which I thought was Curious. (laughs) Curious. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's like if there's an end goal to sharing some of these resources, um because I think you know there not that it's common sense, but there is a good general awareness of these apps. And so I don't know if he was trying to like support his argument about technology and language learning um, or if he had a different agenda. but I don't know. I guess for me, my question about this specifically is how do we like find or how do we strike a balance between like technology and language learning and then like more traditional um, language learning? Like even I would say like reading articles would be would fall under the category of traditional, quote unquote. So what do you think? (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, that's a good a good question and a good uh, topic. uh... To, to discuss about um at the beginning i also thought about uh, the same exactly as you like uh, what I- what is he trying to do is he trying to support mm-hmm. like this um new methodology or new uh, oh, trend, right. Yeah. trend right of using uh, all these platforms and at the same time uh, yes, this is a good a good question, like how to balance technology yeah. with uh, traditional things or traditional activities. I am um, a tech savvy. Uh, I don't know how, but I started just doing everything by myself with my business, uh, even creating my own page or web page. So nice. it would be impossible not to have an interactive game or something that requires technology in my class. Uh, mm-hmm, I don't know, mm-hmm. it could be a board game, or it could be a platform where you have quizzes or whatever, right? But right. I consider that there should be a balance because the student, as well as we discussed, could uh, feel overwhelmed and frustrated. Sometimes there are some mm-hmm. students that are, are not tech savvy, right?
1: Yeah, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> uh-huh,
0: exactly. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but this is a matter of needs, a yes, matter of interest, absolutely. and you as teacher, and this is also very helpful for your uh, audience, uh, the audience that you have, which are teachers, we need to be careful with this, we need to have, as you said, a balance, we need to know our, our students very well, that's why I always recommend to have like this free exploratory call where you can
1: yeah.
0: literally interview the student like what do you eat like uh, everything right like exactly, exactly what are the things you that you to get to know do etc exactly because otherwise uh, it's gonna be uh, very overwhelming sometimes I see my students when I'm repeating activities uh, that are are from Warwolf, for example I see mm-hmm. they have this word uh, this phrase, sorry like oh, yeah, again this game but I don't know I'm just assuming right <laughs> So yeah. what I do is to ask them like, okay, what kind of platforms are you interested in having in our sessions? Like, what do you like mm. to do, right? Uh, we, have, we have used these uh, games a lot. Are you okay with that? Um, would you like to continue with this type of games? And always mm-hmm. um, encourage students, you know, like to ask them at the end of the session, yes. like, how did you feel? How was the session? Was it something challenging for you? Et cetera.
1: I'm a big advocate of that, Irene. Mean. I I I I like to think of it as like student autonomy. Um, I think students need to be part of their learning process. And and we as teachers have to seek that because students, you know, the general like knowledge or your general the general like thinking of a teacher is like teacher talks students learn no we have to like break that cycle and really incorporate them into the learning process so yes I agree
0: yes absolutely this doesn't happen anymore like uh, I sometimes don't speak very much in my classes Um, I always tell my students uh, I'm speaking a lot because it's the exploratory call, you know so I need to ask you a lot of questions but normally uh, this is not happening in my sessions as usual uh, but yes, uh, th- th- there are some um, apps that he mentions that I don't know. Yeah. So I'm very happy that That's I yeah in. <laughs> I get into this article to know, for example, the one that uh, is to create flashcards. Yeah um, so,
1: uh, yes.
0: Just answering uh, just finish answering your question. I would say also that you should encourage students to use technology depending also on the topic they are covering right
1: absolutely so we
0: have to be very careful with that as well
1: yeah I agree I think it uh, yeah it comes down to needs and like understanding um, where the student is at so yeah absolutely absolutely how
0: how do you think we can encourage or motivate our students and this audience that is listening to this podcast to let's say use this technology like to take advantage not to just wait for the teacher to do these activities on the on the session but uh, how to encourage them to use this memorize and all mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. apps outside
1: well the first thing i want to say is that we have to remember always that technology is a tool like a hammer like tape like a chair it's a tool so um, and I say that because these apps are tools that can help support or augment, if you will, our language learning. And so you only have so much time with the teacher during a lesson. And so it, I think there's also a, a factor of self-motivation, like the want to learn a language. And that's where tools like these apps, like Duolingo, uh, Babel, he mentions, um, that's where that can come in so that you can support your learning outside of the classroom. Um, but again, I admit, I highlight the fact that it, they're tools because they're not, I don't think yet, we're not there yet. I don't think that these tools are going to be um, what makes you fluent right away or is not the solution, the all the solution. Um, and if the tool or the app tries to sell it that way I would be a little bit where I would be a little bit critical <laughs> so yeah that's what I have to say
0: very good very good so what's your solution because that's like a, a question that we always uh found right like our students yes. like teacher how can I do right like to stick at it basically yeah, because um, it. Yes. yeah my my um I forgot the word I'm sorry uh, you know my persona my student uh it's this one who has gone to an academy uh, he, probably he has already had a diploma that says that uh, he has a b1 or b2 list. Yeah. but then at the moment that the, the person is going to speak everything i mean like the person is blocked uh the person is uh, probably feeling a lot of uh uncomfortable moments or experiences when trying to express him or herself. So my question is um how can I um I mean like it says because there's one uh, part it says it's time to seek out content content that will help you improve
1: mm-hmm, try mm-hmm. to
0: consistently expose yourself to language that just evolve your current level. But I also want to ask you like how should I know that? I mean, like,
1: yeah,
0: how should I know that level? How should I know what to do? And how should I know how to be an autonomous learner?
1: Yeah, autonomous learner. Absolutely. Um, That's a big question. <laughs> um, I love it, though. I love it. I'm gonna try to see if I can hit at it or answer it in some capacity. Um, So, well, thinking about like a teacher-student relationship first, I think we have to always remember that that's a 50-50 relationship. So it's, give, it's a two-way street. So the teacher can only do so much. And then the student themselves really has to be their biggest motivator. They, they are themselves the one that wants to learn this language and the one that has to find that inner drive. And so thinking about then, okay, so now what do I do? How do I be the? How can I be this autonomous student or learner? Um, I think it's about understanding that um, there's structure to it in a lesson, in a lesson plan, or in a classroom. But then there's more of a like nuance, or like I like to go back to that word exploratory approach where the student has to be curious about the language. And I think what's important to note is that there are other parts of language, like the culture, like the food, the country, the history, the society, the way that you say something can mean this or can mean that, the tone, the tonality. So I think it's being curious uh, what can help you be an autonomous learner. I don't know if that answered your question.
0: It 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 answers it uh, perfectly. I really like what you say at the at the end. Um, culture, food, uh, countries where this language is spoken, um, behaviors, and and how. For example, for my uh, Polish students, they were saying that. Um, I don't remember the, the expression, but it was in Spanish. Is tamás. Uh, and they, they use that expression in Polish, obviamente <laughs> uh, not like this, right? Uh, but in, in, in English is he's as healthy as a as I, a
1: fish or as a no 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 it,
0: it's not as a fish, and he's there a is as a... there is an it's like a, a synonym of violin.
1: He's as healthy as a... A fiddle. A fiddle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh fiddle, guys, as F-I-D-D-L-E. Yeah. <laughs> so we say he's as healthy as a fiddle in English. Right? Exactly. And exactly. that means that it, the person is uh, physically healthy. And then we were talking about how this expression is used in Polish. So it was very, it was very funny to see that even though Polish and English you know like it's not related at all right like two separate (laughs) they have expressions similar expressions so this is the way you can look also for you know like um a relation in your brain
1: yeah i think it's about creating those connections that create these uh this foundation for your your own learning so yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely absolutely um and just just to finish, he mentions yes. at the end um things of ways to embed your new language into your life. I really like how he used the word embed
1: embed me too, <laughs>
0: yeah, what do you think about this because he mentions all the activities that we as teachers always mention, like keep a diary um Keep motivating, identify gaps in your knowledge, uh, look for people to practice. But sometimes I think that students consider this like very repetitive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, oh, yes, I know that I have to keep a diary, but they don't find the motivation to keep a diary. Probably the person doesn't like to write. So this is quite controversial and challenging as well.
1: I agree, I agree, Irene. I think there's also perhaps try, trying to be more controversial. <laughs> I think there's a potential like disadvantage to this in the long term because you know you're if you're kind of doing this to keep your long-term learning up to date, is it because of obligation? Do you still have that desire when you first started your language learning? So I don't know about this long-term language learning. Like for me, like speaking from my experience with Italian, like I, I stopped uh, at some point. And so I do have moments where I'm here in my city and there, and there are Italian tourists and I hear them and memories come back and that like desire comes back but it kind of just stops there. So I don't know about these long-term learning approaches. Um, I think speaking in the long-term, it's about, I think it's more about what he mentioned about like friendships and community. It's being part of that culture in your day-to-day life. So, Like for me, Spanish is now like like my language. I share it with English because in classes, I'm teaching English, but then in my day-to-life, I'm talking in Spanish. And so if I'm ever to like move away from Spain, um, I think it would be difficult to... I think I would lose a lot of... First, I would lose a lot of the colloquial terms and expressions... And then it would just kind of be degrading. And it would have to be up to me to be like, okay, I'm going to keep up with the community. Let me keep up with my friendships. I'm going to call them. We're going to chat in Spanish. So, yeah, I don't know. Those are some of my thoughts.
0: Yes. And it is because, and it's uh, wonderful to think about that. I was, while you were speaking, I was thinking about uh, the word lifestyle. And for me, a language is a lifestyle. So, absolutely yeah if you pretend to stick at it you need to become this a lifestyle like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you need Mm -hmm. to become this language part of your lifestyle um and stop thinking about uh i have to do it because i need to find a new job a better job um people are asking me to improve this in my job Um, it's obligatory right now it's mandatory um everybody needs to speak english you know like those kind of expressions and, and, and sayings that we feel our brain with are wrong. I mean, sorry, but it's uh, it's true.
1: Yeah, they'll just bring you down.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, for me, the best way is uh, becoming this part of your life or your or of your lifestyle. It's like literally all your, your pores need to be uh, full of the language, right? um and the cell phone sometimes I like teacher but I don't understand the settings it doesn't matter you already know automatically how to you know like you you know how to go to the settings and the things in your cell phone because you know them by memory and so having them in English or whatever language you're learning it's uh it's crucial as well
1: absolutely absolutely yeah I agree and then you know like I don't like um, I have students in the in the, in the in China and I don't know Chinese. So I have to, you know, I, I'm still debating if I want to start my Chinese language learning journey. Uh, but if I do decide that, I agree with you. And I have to, it has to be become a part of my lifestyle. And right now it's only part of my job. So I would have to take that extra step.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Would you like to add something else, Chris? Another question that you would like me to answer?
1: Um, let me see. Could I take a look at my list really quick? <laughs> um, okay, maybe I could open up the door a little bit into with this question. Um, do some languages inherently require different language learning approaches than others or can a universal language learning method be applied across the board? What are your thoughts?
0: Oh wow you're killing me <laughs> uh oh my I can God. Be
1: prepared <laughs>
0: yeah I, I I actually was not expecting this quite uh, kind of question like I feel like uh like in the university like with Irene what do you think uh, <laughs> Everybody like, is in silence. Don't
1: choose me, don't choose me, you look down.
0: <laughs> yes. Um well the first thing that I have to to say based on the knowledge I've I uh, mean learned in the university, there are some languages that uh you know, uh their their roots are uh for example German and English, uh Spanish yes, and yes. Portuguese, uh etc. Right. So, if I understood correctly your question, I would say that s- some approaches may help if the languages are rooted similarly. Uh,
1: similarly, yes, I agree.
0: Yeah, so, uh, for example, in the case of German... um. At the same time, I'm thinking about also the fact that you have to memorize, uh, for example, in German, you have to memorize the article plus the noun together, right?
1: Together, right, right.
0: Like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't remember the other things. But you need to use memory in all of them. Because you also need to memorize, Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. example, irregular, regular verbs uh, with uh, Portuguese. You have to do the same. So I don't know, like uh, I would say like the ones that are rooted exactly the same, but also there are some approaches that may help uh, or or methodologies that may help with this kind of um, of languages. But what do you think? What's your answer? Um,
1: (laughs) <laughs> my own answer. Um, I think there are some things that are particular. I'm gonna go back to my experience with Italian. There, it's, the Italian is also like a gesture-based language, and so you have to like understand that, and you can't really learn that in the classroom. So that goes back to like the answer about curiosity and exploring yourself, and and becoming part of that lifestyle. So there's some things that I think that can't be taught in a universal learning approach. And then I also think about like Chinese because it's something I'm like debating. If not, I, I want to slash need to learn. And there goes my first debate about <laughs> what we talked about earlier. Um, but there in Chinese, there's like tonalities that are very like intrinsic and part of the language into the root. And you learn these tones from like before birth in the womb, you're listening to your parent, caregiver, live with these different tones and you learn those different tones. And so to learn that, those tones in a classroom, I I think it's challenging. I think you have to like perhaps even live there potentially to at least understand the tiny different decibel tone, the decibel sounds that change the whole meaning of the word. So, so, yeah.
0: That's very interesting. My brother always says that his excuse, because I see this as an excuse, his excuse not to speak English, uh, let's say,
1: here we go, <laughs>
0: in a in a better way is that he needs to go to the United States, live there, to learn English correctly?
1: I've You're... heard that excuse before, sorry, I mean Yeah, I've heard that excuse before, I think.
0: Why are I we don't... calling, why are both of us calling this an excuse?
1: Good question. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it's an excuse because um, for a language to be part of your lifestyle doesn't mean you have to live there. There are so many ways, especially now in 2023, where you can, where it can be part of your lifestyle. Um, And so like, if I do want to delve into Chinese, for example, um, yes, it would be beneficial if I maybe do spend some money and invest in my language learning and I live there for a month or two or whatever I can afford but that's extra that's like that's like top level investment I think some lower level investments into your lifestyle is like you know looking for a Chinese teacher who teaches um Chinese to adults like in my instance who haven't don't even understand about tones um online or you know with my line of work Talking to my starting to talk to my parents in Chinese, um, or like I did in Italian, trying to like just listen to Chinese albums and artists, even if I don't, I I can't understand any of it. So that's why I like that's why I call it an excuse sometimes because I'm like, you don't, you don't have to live there.
0: <laughs> and this is basically what this guy in the article presents right at the end uh, just to summarize it is like okay uh, there are a bunch of ways to to learn a language and then stick at it yes
1: exactly exactly i (laughs) mean
0: um i would like to finish just by telling uh i mean not but just by uh asking you or yeah can you give us some advice for example in your case when you were learning uh English and Spanish um because I know that both of uh, both languages for you are uh used every day or not well you understand me like
1: I understand the, yeah
0: yeah what are the pieces of advice that you can give uh students who already know how to speak English and they really want to stick at it
1: who already know English. I want to stick at it. Okay. Yeah. There is um, a previous,
0: a previous knowledge.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, so I can kind of speak on that based on my experience with Spanish and, and wanting to stick at it for, for me, like learning or keeping Spanish in my day to day. And if I do decide to take it out of my lifestyle, um, an advice for me, like, my most important advice is cultivating a community. Um, and that means, like, stepping out of your comfort zone, if you're that's not something you're comfortable with, but making friends, making connections, networking with people um, that speak Spanish, whether that's in Spain in my, or all the countries across uh, Latin America, most of the countries. Um So that would be one of my, like, advice. And then my second advice would be to really, I guess, in a way, understand really well the differences in the languages. Because I I find myself sometimes speaking this fusion or thinking in a fusion way. And while, you know, it's it's funny when it happens and it's an accident and it's completely normal and it's actually really awesome to li- to reach that level i think at the long term it, it, it's if english is your second language for example it can be detrimental because you're not clearly defining the boundaries like for me like i need to always remember okay that's spanish and this is english like yes okay sometimes it fuses and that's normal because i'm bilingual but you know i have to remember the nuances i can't use something in spanish and say it in english because it's not going to make sense at all so that's my advice
0: cool cool well i just want to say that um well the first thing that i want to do to make as uh, i mean to do as an advice is to be aware of what you want and if if what you're doing it's very close to a lifestyle
1: mm-hmm. so
0: if the activities that, that you're doing every day or every week will leave you or will um yeah leave you to to find this uh, close uh, relationship between lifestyle and uh, the language uh, by itself when we use it um. Another advice is I always say it: be compassionate with yourself. Oh, and yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Don't compare because absolutely. this is not uh, a competition, and enjoy the process. Um. This is going to be if you want to if you want to have this second language, this third language in your life, you have to enjoy the process and make it your lifestyle for the rest of your life and eternity. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it. it. otherwise, it's going to be uh, very difficult to stick at it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm very, very happy with this conversation. I don't know if you wanted to add something else. Uh, just to um,
1: go. I think um I covered all my points, and I think just to leave you all with um some motivation is to always um, always like keep inspiring yourself so always like find something new to to learn about that language like if it's English okay well let me explore this idiom let me look at its history where who said it first where was it written um, I think curiosity um you know the phrase curiosity killed the cat is not finished right curiosity killed the cat and um but also something that i can't remember but also curiosity like saves the cat so it's like a, a oxymoron in a way um so yeah i just i really am a big fan of being curious so be curious
0: nice yeah. i really like how you are ending this uh, episode uh, guys Please follow this advice and this piece of advice, because it is um interesting how to see uh, a different perspective, especially from a teacher and a learner, right? Yes, so yes. we we cannot forget that we are also learners, and we need yes. to continue uh, achieving the goal of uh, stick at it, right. All right. Thank you very much for this space. I really, really appreciate uh, your time. It was amazing to have this chat with you and I hope to have you in another episode.
1: (gasps) Yes, I would love to help in again, Irene. It was awesome. I really loved the conversation today.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. See you guys in another episode. Take care. Bye, you too.
1: Bye.